Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 31st of August. Chris Dawson has spent his first night behind bars as a convicted murderer. The former teacher and rugby league player was found guilty of the murder of his first wife, Lynette, in Sydney 40 years ago. Justice Ian Harrison taking more than five hours yesterday to hand down his verdict in the Supreme Court. Our reporter, Michaela Savage, has more. Yeah, Tash, the family of Lynette Dawson says justice has been served with husband Chris Dawson found guilty of her murder in Sydney's Supreme Court. It follows a 10-week judge-only trial which took place four decades after she went missing from their Northern Beaches home. Brother Greg Sims says there's just one more piece to the puzzle. The journey is not complete. She is still missing. We still need to bring her home. We would ask Chris Dawson to find it in himself to finally do the decent thing and allow us to bring Lynn home to a peaceful rest. Mr Dawson's lawyer Greg Walsh has confirmed it's highly likely they'll appeal the verdict. It's probable that of course he will appeal against his conviction. Mr Dawson has always asserted and he still does his absolute innocence of uh, the crime of which he's been convicted. Mr Dawson will be sentenced at a later date. Commuters across Sydney are today being encouraged to work from home and avoid all non-essential travel, with more industrial action this time across both the train and bus networks. Rail services will be cut to 30%, while bus drivers are pulling key routes offline during peak hour, including some school runs. Transport Workers Union State Secretary Richard Olson admitting it will be a challenging time for passengers. The state government and the companies involved here in Region 6 as well, uh, they have a part to play in this as well. They could have stopped this, they could have prevented this by actually sitting down over the past 16 months and sorting this out instead of entering into a blame game. State, Territory and Federal leaders are coming together today for National Cabinet with COVID isolation rules set to dominate discussions. New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet is leading the push for it to be reduced from seven to five days, while the Health Services Union wants to see isolation rules scrapped altogether. Epidemiologist Professor Catherine Bennett says new data out of the UK shows people who are vaccinated can have shorter infectious periods. They could put other things in place, like if you're still symptomatic or you're still testing positive on a rash, you should stay in isolation. But certainly for people who aren't testing positive anymore, who don't have any symptoms, five days might be beyond their infectious period and they could be well safe to certainly return to work. But the experts are divided. Dr Mark Duncan-Smith from the Australian Medical Association isn't convinced that fewer days in isolation is a good idea. I understand out there there's a lot of uh, COVID fatigue, but basically sticking our head in the sand and reducing um, isolation from seven to five days in the face of a recent study that shows that half of the people at five days are still infected with COVID COVID Omicron um, isn't going to help things necessarily. Meantime, the New South Wales and Victorian governments have joined forces to help ease pressure on both the state's overrun emergency departments. The premiers will set up a number of free urgent care clinics, which will run in partnership with GPs and operate for extended hours. The Royal Australian College of GPs, Dr Anita Munoz, hopes we can see the scheme rolled out across the country. What this will be doing is taking patients who could be treated better 
elsewhere out of the emergency departments and back into the community and that means that the emergency department staff will have more space uh, and time a warning some may find the content of this next story confronting. A new survey has revealed the shocking number of Australian women who have experienced sexual and physical violence. According to Australia's national research organisation for women's safety, more than half of women in their 20s have experienced sexual violence, with the report also finding a third of women aged in their 40s and a quarter of those between 68 and 73 were a victim at some stage during their lives. Victims and survivors aged 30 to 45 are also more likely to suffer financial stress as well as poorer physical and mental health. And if you or anyone you know needs help, you can call 1800 RESPECT. That number is 1800 737 732. And Queensland's Inspector General for Emergency Management will today hand the state government his final report on the recent catastrophic floods in the state. 13 people were killed and thousands of homes and businesses destroyed in the natural disaster across Queensland southeast earlier this year. The review looked at preparations and responses to the floods, resources and cooperation between governments and agencies. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. As many are predicting, we're likely to see more rate hikes next week, but some borrowers are yet to feel the pain. Yeah, that's right, Tash, because as we said before, homeowners have built up some savings in their offset accounts. But you may be wondering how much more time have I got up my sleeve before, you know, I feel the pain as well. So CanStar examined offset accounts and found uh, that following the August RBA rate hike of 0.5%, if someone had 10000 in their offset account, it would cover those repayments for five years and eight months. Now, if the RBA does continue to push up with rate hikes, we're seeing another one possibly next week, it's expected it could go as high as 2.6%, then that $10,000 would cover repayment increases for up to two years and two months. So there's a little bit of buffer there and relief for those people who've got savings. But unfortunately, not all of us may have $10,000 sitting in our offset account. But there's still some good news there, Tash. Banks are cutting variable rates. But the catch is only for new customers. So NAV is the latest bank to cut its variable rate loans by up to 0.3%. But as I said, new customers only. And the RBA does show that there is a, a margin difference between new and existing customers of 0.47%. On a million dollar loan touch, that's an extra $259 that you can save per month. So the tip here is, ask your lender, what's the deal you're giving new customers and why aren't you giving it to me? And if they don't meet you there, then be prepared to refinance. Some yep. good news from savers, the lending rates now, I'm finding some of them are higher than the lowest variable rate mortgages. So, for example, Virgin Money is offering a saving rate of up to 3.6 and the cheapest home loan is 3.1. And Effie, new research shows we're planning to die rich. Roughly one in four retirees will die without touching their super. Why? You know, the big issue here comes down to retirees or seniors just not knowing how much they need to help them fund their lifestyle even later on, so their healthcare costs. 
It basically comes down to longevity. This is a survey that's come out from National Seniors and Investment House Challenger. So it's finding that, yes, a lot of us are not wanting to touch our super, but there's a, there's a good reason why, Tash. So just digging deep into that data, it found as many as 20.5 of women and 26 percent of men had no intention of eating into their investments, which is predominantly super. They were quite happy to maintain most of the capital and just live off the earnings. Yes, most of these people probably had a healthy super balance, but the real risk here is that they weren't quite sure how much they needed for health costs later on. Effie, thanks so much. Thank you. Time for Sport Now with Josh Conway. Josh, good morning. Well, golf's worst-kept secret is finally out. That's right, Tash, and good morning to you. Aussie Cameron Smith has joined Greg Norman's rebel Saudi-backed LIV Golf, and compatriot Mark Leishman has gone with him. It's a huge blow for the PGA Tour, which is continuing to lose high-profile players to the cashed-up series. And just to hammer home that point, Smith is set to earn $140 million. That's in Australian dollars, by the way to make the move. To put that in perspective, Tash, Smith's career earnings in total currently sits at $27 million. LOV Golf is offering $36 mil for every single tournament. Just staggering. Switching to AFL, a crushing blow for Fremantle ahead of their elimination final against the Dogs on Saturday. Captain Nat Fife ruled out due to hamstring tightness. Dockers coach Justin Longmuir has told Seven it's tough on the Brownlow medalist. Oh, I'd imagine he's, he's incredibly flat. Uh, yeah, he just hasn't had any luck at all with injury this year, starting from early in the pre-season. From one Brownlow winner to another, we'll find out tonight if Dustin Martin will feature in Thursday night's elimination against Brisbane. And with the Richmond star training strongly all week, Tigers coach Damien Hardwick is remaining tight-lipped, but says Dusty will make the trip up to the Sunshine Coast. Taking a squad of 26, and Dustin is in that squad of 26. He had a really good session on Monday, I think it was. Hit high speed like we haven't seen for a period of time, so he's done everything we've asked. In NRL, Penrith has swung mass changes, resting 13 players for their final round clash with the Cowboys. That includes 11 of last week's starting side as the minor premier gears up for yet another finals campaign. Coach Ivan Cleary says he'll live with whatever the outcome is. There's always a risk with any decision you make because decision this side, there's something else you could have done that side. So I guess that uh, lands on my doorstep, so we'll see how we go. Are we going to be rank underdogs? Yes, we are. Quickly another team news, Tash. The Bunnies haven't named Damien Cook with the prop stuck in COVID isolation, but Latrell Mitchell has been named despite not training yesterday. And finally, Tyson Gamble has also been recalled for the Broncos as they look to leapfrog the Raiders into the finals placings this weekend. Big weekend ahead. Thanks, Josh. And today marks the 25th anniversary of the death of Diana, the Princess of Wales. On this day in 1997, the then 36-year-old died after a car accident in Paris, which sent shockwaves across the world. Royal editor Russell Myers has told Channel 9 the People's Princess left an extraordinary legacy which still lasts to this day. Diana was revered as a woman who had changed the monarchy, dragged it into the 20th century and really had the common touch. Diana's sons, Princes William and Harry, will mark the occasion separately and privately. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda. In your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe and we'll see you tomorrow.